Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wall Street. I went to Wall Street to get seriously rich, but I didn't get rich. Hollywood Boulevard. I went to Hollywood to be a movie mogul. I didn't become a movie mogul. Washington, D.C. The president and Mrs. Ford have invited us down to Palm Springs. He's been but there. I love the entertainment business. Done and that. Being hired by a company called Carol Co. Pictures. And that. Was the night before Ronald Reagan was inaugurated. And just about everything else you can imagine. I thought of myself as somebody who was a double agent. He knew a lot of famous My people. experience with Orson Welles. Barbara Streisand. How can you possibly? hang out with that low-life Frank Sinatra. And now he's As a talking. Result of that, I was invited to some fancy dinner. This is the podcast, Who the F*** is Roger Smith? In this edition, Ronald Reagan, Michael Jackson, the Beatles, and a tchotchke for old blue eyes. How can you possibly hang out with that low-life Frank Sinatra? As we've previously heard in this series, Roger Smith has an incredible memory for times and dates. It was January 19th of 1981. The reason I can be so precise about the date, it was the night before Ronald Reagan was inaugurated for the first time. I pick up the New York Times that morning and I read that Charles Hamilton, the leading dealer in in famous autographs, uh, was auctioning a four-page handwritten letter from Ronald Reagan in which He was writing to a constituent, a supporter of his, who had said, well, I love you, Governor Reagan, but how can you possibly hang out with that lowlife Frank Sinatra? And he wrote back literally four handwritten pages extolling the virtues of Frank, saying what a wonderful person he is, and you misunderstand him, and he's there for me whenever I want him for a charity, etc. So I said, Steve, Frank Sinatra owned a piece of our music company, having years earlier reprise, his company had been sold to Warner. I said, we're always looking for something to do for Frank, and it's very hard to do anything for Frank Sinatra. Let's quietly, secretly buy up this letter and then give it to him. Steve says, great idea. But at that moment, Warner was involved in something called the Westchester Premier Theater scandal, which involved the mob, Sinatra. We were, we were not guilty of anything, but it was a mess. He said, can't have anybody know it's us. Got to keep it quiet. I said, I've got the perfect person. A friend of mine is one of the top photo dealers in America who is brilliant at bidding, knows how to do it, and will be totally, totally discreet. And Danny Wolf is his name, lovely guy, died recently. And I will have him go and bid for us. He said, well, just make sure he understands that he's not 
to reveal who he's bidding for. Understood. I tell him, and Dan says, well, what are my instructions? It's very simple. Get it. I don't want to hear that you were the underbidder. He said, well, I can't accept those instructions. I said, why not? So what if Frank has sent somebody with the same instructions? You want me to go to a million dollars? No, no, no. It had said in the paper that the most money anyone had ever spent on a letter by a living person was $8,000, which struck me as amazingly low. But I said, oh, well, you can go to 15000 That shouldn't be enough. Well, it was the early 80s, and Danny gets there, and he sees there's like 400 lots. And he doesn't want to sit in, in the Sinatra Reagan letters, like number 250. So he says, well, I'll take a walk around the block and smoke a joint uh, and come back. And he comes back. It turns out that the evening news of all the local channels wanted to feature the Reagan letter on the 11 o'clock broadcast. So they had moved it up, and he literally walks into the Waldorf there where the auction's taking place, and here's going once for 10000 There was nothing else that expensive. Not sure what it was. He sticks his hand up. He ends up getting it at $14,000. And he said, I forgot to ask you if your 15000 limit included the buyer's premium. And he said, I was, I was worried about if I had to stop. I said, had I had to go to Steve and explain we were outbid by $500, I'd be looking for a job. I said, he would not like that. So we got it. We sat on it for six months, had it beautifully framed and put in uh, and, and gave it to, to Sinatra at a dinner, which I was not present at in California. Uh, but uh, he was very touched. And he indeed had a representative there bidding on it. So it Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That is, yeah. so, yeah. So that guy lost his job. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, when I say Steve would have fired me, I exaggerate. He would not have, but he would have been disappointed. I mean, I was an underbidder in, in a more serious situation for him, which was I was delegated to bid on something called Northern Song, which is the catalog of the Beatles music. And we were in competition with a combination of Sony and Michael Jackson. And I said to you, Steve, what are, what are my instructions? And he picked a number which he thought was wildly high. And he said, well, don't go over $75 million. That's the most, which in those days was a lot of money. But this was the Beatles. And so when I lost to Sony by a million dollars when they went to 76. He said, how could you do that? I said, you told me not to go over 75. He said, you believed me? I said, I, I, I meant 75-ish. <laughs> he was very disappointed. So That catalog got passed around. Yeah, right? it, 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 and the last time it sold was, I think, $800 million. Yeah, so. <laughs> I yeah, know that it became an it became a, a a feature after the death of Michael Jackson and his estate and settling it. it yeah, was, but it was he his had primary against it. I think a oh, couple yeah, of times yeah, too. Yeah, yes, and then McCartney tried to get involved and buy it back, back. and that I, never I, happened. I, right? I, I don't remember yeah. those details. But that sounds sounds. Did you ever run into Sinatra again? Uh, it was a requirement for being an executive at Warner was when Frank Sinatra gave a concert in New York, you had to go. And I went from, oh boy, I'm getting to see Frank Sinatra to, oh shit, do I have to go hear him again? But he did end up doing me an incredible favor. In about 1982 or three, I was 
seeing a woman, she lived in Europe, she was divorced, and I was very, very interested in her. And I had invited her to meet me for a weekend. She was visiting her mother in Philadelphia in Atlantic City. And by the way, Frank Sinatra was appearing at Resorts International. And so we could see Frank Sinatra. And she said, oh, that's wonderful. And then she calls me up about a week before and says, look, I feel terrible. But you know, my mother says, I only get to see you once or twice a year. And now you're running off to, to leave me for the weekend. You know, and she says, I really feel like I have to say no and not go with you. I said, let me tell you, your mother is of a certain age, an Italian-American. Let me guess, she's a Frank Sinatra fan. Invite her to Atlantic City. You two will have one room. I'll be down the hall. We can work out the arrangements later and we'll take care of it. I now call Laverne. Laverne was Sinatra's woman of all things and said, can you arrange it so we get really great seats at the concert and so forth? Don't worry. And I told him that I was taking this woman and, uh, and, her, and her mother. And Sinatra comes out, sings a couple of songs, and then looks down at right where we are sitting and says, this one's for you, Mrs. Branco. I was in like Flynn. <laughs> We're still good friends to this day, not the mother, the daughter. <laughs> Several years later, after this incident involving Sinatra, I became totally separately friends with his daughter, Tina. Sinatra has two daughters, Nancy, the famous one, who's a total idiot, and Tina, who is one of the sharpest, smartest, cleverest broads you've ever met. And we were having lunch, uh, planning a lunch in L.A. at, at Ma Maison, the then top restaurant. I read in the paper that morning that her grandmother, Frank's mother, has died in a plane crash landing at Palm Springs Airport. So I call up and say, oh, I'm so sorry about your grandmother. I assume you want to reschedule. She said, nonsense. I want to have lunch with you. We're fine. So I get there, and I, again, express my condolences. She says, let me tell you something about my grandmother. She was a You can't say that in America. We can't say that, can we? Well, we can bleep it. We can say we can say she was a see you next Tuesday. Yes, yeah. we can say that, sure. <laughs> but that isn't what Tina said. No, that's not what Tina said. <laughs> no, no. And she did you know she was the neighborhood abortionist in Hoboken? Uh, the mother, the grandmother. Mother, the, yeah. the grandmother, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. If none of his stories were about you, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Who the fuck is Roger Smith is recorded in an undisclosed bunker somewhere on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. All opinions are Mr. Smith's own, but everything he says happened because he was there. Bill Bergoli is our producer and editor. I'm Bill McCuddy. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Acid. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. 
I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid. Electric acid.